Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How many times a day do you have to ask women in stirrups uh, to scoot a little closer towards the end of the table? Oh, every single time. It's not an instinct that any woman wants to do. Well, I want to put a sign on the ceiling that says, go lower. All right. Tosh Show. Tosh Show. Tosh Show from Show. Welcome to Tosh.0. Nope, wrong show. All right. Welcome to Tosh Show. I'll be honest, sounds very similar. It's almost as if we're intentionally trying to be confusing. Yep. This show couldn't be more different. For example, no internet vids. Boo. Fine. Fewer internet vids. Thursday, partly sunny skies and 57. And to another woman who likes to be double-fisted in a different way, I think, Jess. (laughs) She means beer. She means beer. Uh, Guys, (laughs) she means beer. Don't put me on YouTube. My God. Apparently, Channel 6's parent company is Pornhub. This is why we should have never started paying women the same as men, because now they're acting like us, and it's disgusting. You see, on my old show, I would have put 20 seconds on the clock to make fun of this video. But now, on a podcast, I can put three and a half hours on the clock, do a deep dive into why Jess is using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Can we still play Is It Racist? Of course. Of course we can play Is It Racist? Chris McCarthy doesn't own racism. By the way, let me set the record straight about what happened over at Comedy Central. Okay, they offered me a pile of cash to break my contract, and I did. The end. I'm not mad, though. Because had that not happened, I wouldn't be here right now in this illegally built ADU in newly gentrified Baldwin Hills. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Real mysterious. Hosanna. The biggest difference between Tosh Show and Tosh.0 is that I will be wearing glasses occasionally and sitting down because it's a podcast and you're just listening. But you can also watch. So it's pretty much the same show. Big difference. Chiming in off camera, 
way more than I'll ever feel comfortable with. It's my good friend and Tahoe neighbor, Eddie. He co-created Tosh.0 and Tosh Show. He's my Larry David. If Larry was slightly less funny and bought his jeans at Costco, which makes me Jerry Seinfeld, minus the Scientology phase and fear of performing in front of people under the age of 30, I'll do 45 minutes on the burden of white privilege at any college campus in this country, okay? I'm not afraid to tackle the issues. What's Aaron Rodgers' take on Gaza? Looking it up. Don't look it up. I know. I know the answer. He's on the wrong side. And yes, I'll still be talking about sports. The Miami Dolphins having a great start this year, 6-3. and three. They just played in Frankfurt, Germany. I was invited to that game by the team to fly with them. I said no because I don't do things. It seemed like an awful idea. Go to Frankfurt. I was born near Frankfurt, Germany in Bopard. It's like an hour and a half west. I'll tell you, it was crazy, though, watching a bunch of German Kansas City Chiefs fans getting so excited to do the tomahawk chop. It's like they just couldn't wait over there in Germany to do another racist arm gesture. Will I still be making fun of Nick Saban? Not as much because he, like myself, is no longer relevant. Mostly, this show will be my personal bullhorn to make sure Arn Anderson knows that our feud is far from over. You hear me, Arn? Or is your clear run out of juice, you old fuck? Please subscribe so I can shove my out-of-touch, coastal elite, far-left socialist opinions down your throat. All right, let's get started. I'm going to be interviewing people that I find interesting. So no celebrities, no comedians. Today, that person is my wife's gynecologist, which has to be every woman's nightmare. For their husband to film a conversation with their OBGYN for the world to watch. Uh, Now, in theory, being a gynecologist sounds like a dream job. But the reality is the vagina is a complete mystery. It's like an episode of Double Dare down there. And yes, I got my wife's permission to talk about her medical history. Carly. Are you cool with me interviewing Dr. Finky for my podcast to talk about your lady parts? Absolutely not. Yes, honey. Thank you. I probably shouldn't share as much about my wife as I'm going to, but we live in Malibu and she doesn't have to work, so I'm sure she'll get over it. Enjoy. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School Podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today has been all up in my wife's guts. Literally, this man delivered both of my children. Please welcome my wife's gynecologist, OBGYN, Dr. Finky. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. First question I ask all my guests, do you believe in ghosts? No. Okay. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it took you so long. You're a doctor, for God's sake. <laughs> I had to qualify it. Uh-huh. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Let me tell you something, in all honesty. This is the reason I agreed to do this show. iHeart was like, will, will you do the show? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to interview comedians. I don't want to interview c- celebrities. But like, if you let, and I said this, I swear to you, I said, if you let me interview like my wife's gynecologist, like, then I'll do the show. And they're like, well, yeah, but that won't ever happen. He probably won't let you. And I'm not that interesting. No, you're extremely interesting. By the way, what should I call you? Do I have to say Dr. Finky, David, or do you, I usually just call you Finky. My whole life, people have called me Finky. It's a great name. I have no idea why. I'm the youngest of four kids. So when I went through life, it was just, oh, there's Finky. It works. It's, it's a good name, and I like it. How long have you been a doctor? Oh, God, I graduated med school in 2006. From where? University of Missouri, Kansas City. And how does that get you into Beverly Hills? <laughs> That's a very good question. I have no idea. You basically, at the end of a residency, you interview all around the country, and then you put in your rankings, and then it goes through a match system. There's match day, and everyone goes in an auditorium in med schools around the country, uh-huh. open up your envelope, and you see where you matched. And I happened to match it at Cedars in Los Angeles. Did your peers, were they were they jealous? <laughs> Is it, I'm, I assume it's competitive. Yeah, no, it is. It's very competitive. I was very happy to land where I landed. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I didn't know that much about L.A. I came out here to interview, but other than that, um, I had never been to Los Angeles before. Did you adjust immediately or no? Yeah. 
You like it? I think so, yeah. Would you ever go back to Missouri to live and work? I wouldn't, like, write it off the table. The chances are probably slim. Where in Missouri again are you from? A town of 6,000 people called Richmond, Missouri. It's about an hour outside of Kansas City. Which is the shittier part of Kansas City? The Missouri side or the Kansas side? Oh, the Kansas side. Is it? That's noticeable? Everywhere you want to be is on the Missouri side. When did you come out? Oh, I would say I fell out. You were born gay? (laughs) Yeah. Can you eyeball it in a child? (laughs) I go back to to pictures in my parents' house and Uh in the attic and stuff, and I'm like, uh, I mean, they were headless if they didn't know. Were your parents supportive? Very, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Were were they confused at uh, the field of medicine that you went into? Oh, probably. Why would you pick the vagina? Vaginas picked me. I, I knew I didn't want to do it. So in medical school, you go through your rotations, and I, you put in your lot for when you want to do certain rotations. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that, so put it at the end of the year. And then you do, I did general surgery, and then after that, I did OBGYN, and I liked it. You know, a lot of professions, even in Hollywood, it's very progressive. You're, if you're out, a lot of times people feel like roles aren't given to them that should be. But I feel in your profession, has it worked to your advantage? I think so, yeah. It has. That's good. That's good that there's one job where it works in your advantage. I I think that women feel comfortable, um, or at least I hope they do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I try to be more sensitive or empathic um, just because I don't know what they're going through. I mean, multiple times a day I tell people I'm so happy I don't have ovaries. They mess up. They do a lot of weird things. I mean, the vagina is very tricky. (laughs) Talk about the paradox of being a gay man who stares at vaginas all day. It's probably the most common topic that comes up at gay parties. Do women ever corner you at parties and say, hey, can you look at this for a second? Has that ever happened? (laughs) Not look at this, no, no. What about has any, do women ever send you, like friends of yours, uh, ever send you like vag pics, text message to be like, hey, should I, what what about this? um, We have a patient portal. Which we would encourage people to use. I'm talking about a close friend that, like, you know, when we all have a close friend, we're like, oh, we can just bypass this portal. What's your stance on grooming? Are you, do you care? I don't care, and I don't remember. Now, my wife did laser hair removal early on in our relationship, per my request, and now she kind of regrets it on some level. But, like, to me, that seems like it's an easier situation to deal with as a doctor down there. Do you mind if a woman has just got a big, huge, hairy bush? Is that acceptable? It doesn't bother me one way or another. I see all the problems with uh, lasers and waxing and shaving and the ingrowns and ingrown hairs. That's why you go go laser hair removal. Well, you can get all those ingrown hairs and everything during the laser process. Also, you know, the vagina has a a microbiome and it has, you know, oily glands and things that keep it, it... healthy and you rip all those hairs off and try to like get rid of all the the moisture and everything that should be there and then you're more prone to get yeast infections and you're more prone to get bacterial vaginosis you ever seen a blue waffle do you even know what it is do you know what it is no the beginning of the internet when the internet got like real crazy and it was like one of these first things it's like an infected vagina and it was called a blue waffle Okay. And it was like it was a form of a disease what was it blue waffle is an internet hoax some claim that it is a sexually transmitted infection that turns the vagina area blue. Okay. You ever seen a blue vagina infected? Only on a Smurf. Okay. How much KY do you guys go through in your office a day? Oh, boatloads. Ugh. 
How many times a day do you have to ask women in stirrups uh, to scoot a little closer towards the end of the table? Oh, every single time. It's not an instinct that any woman wants to do. Well, I want to put a sign on the ceiling that says, go lower. All right. Here's one question my wife wanted. How about a, a new device uh, for pap smears that's not so primitive and horrific? Is there, the, this is the way it goes in, cranks, right? Is, is, there, is it? I don't know what it is. Am I wrong? No. Yeah. There, so most commonly people use a speculum. Uh-huh. Um, there's usually a hinged bivalve, you know, it's a speculum. So it opens the vagina. There are people who have tried to invent new speculums that um, are more comfortable. I have tried to do that. And I, I guess maybe I had a bad patent attorney because he said that the family who owns the speculum patent, he said they have it locked down. You can't make a modification to it. You cannot change it. And lo and behold, now there's a company out there that made a speculum that I had literally designed probably 12 years ago. Look at this. You had shitty lawyers. I think so. I think so. I, so you're, are you rich? You're not rich. No. I don't understand this. If you want to get into your line of work, what's the average range people are getting in? Around 300000 a year? Like entry level? Uh-huh. Um, that's probably the high end. That's the high end. For entry level. And now at the top of the spectrum, what can what can a, a doctor like that expect to make? Can they pull in 700000 a year? Yeah, potentially more. Okay. If you work really, really hard. Well, aren't um, you at that point? I'm working very, very hard. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just want you to be rich. <laughs> er, richer. Is... I'm just about to pay off my student loans. Are you serious? I'm months away. I thought they were going to forgive those. <laughs> no? no? Biden didn't do that? Uh, medical question. Is it possible to make any girl squirt? <laughs> define squirt? Squirt? Is, is, well, I don't know to what level I have to, to define it. Uh, you know, well, some people can, like, like project. It's not urine. Right, it's it's hard. That's not pee. That's squirt. <laughs> Across a room, like they, and I've never been able to do it. I'll say that openly. That's never been a thing. I've I've never. No one's ever accused me of being good in a bedroom. I don't even know if it is being good in a bedroom. But some girls projectile ejaculate. I'm not sure that's a thing. No, no, no. It's a thing. I'd be the wrong person to well, ask. I know. It, well, you, come on. You should know if it exists. I mean, there's got to be. All right. Now, we'll get back to that one one day. I'm going to ha- have you on the show again. When you get breast exams, is it hard to come up with small talk with each patient? Not at all. Oh? <laughs> what about horrible boob jobs? Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of them. It's just, I mean, and you're just like, oh, I mean, go I, about your business? I've had a, a, a someone, this was years ago, and I, it had to have been back before they did implants. And a, a patient went to a, a surgeon probably in the 70s, or something, I have no idea, who just injected her breast with silicone. Ugh. So there were just balls of silicone like floating around. In, no, like, well, they get stuck, they get scarred down. And she was just, you know, she hated it. But her husband saying. loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I never asked her. Let's talk about birth plans. What's some of the craziest shit you've had to deal with in the delivery room? A lot. Was there a pun in there? No. Or? Oh, no, no, there wasn't. Uh, okay. I was just, it was a serious, I, I just assume people come up with birth plans, like, if this is what I want to happen, this is how I want it to go, and then you have to be like, yeah, 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 all right, fucking mm. knock it off. I, I try to get people to keep it to a page. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I try to explain to people that they're in control of mostly everything, the room, the lighting, the lights, the music, who gets to come in and out of the room at various points, whether or not they have students or residents involved versus the midwife team. But yeah. Well, nothing absurd ever jump out? No? Not that I can think of. Have you ever had butted a doula? (laughs) No, but I had a come to Jesus talk with one. Uh Uh-huh. I was actually covering for another doctor, and so I had never really met the patient before. I go in, you know, while she was in labor to meet her, and the woman, the patient was just beside herself. She was like crawling up the walls, and the doula was like, no, you didn't want to do that. You're not going to do this. This is not what you wanted. And the husband's giving me funny glances, and they could not tell this this doula that they didn't want to keep doing it this way. Pulled her out into the hallway, and I said, we're going to reassess here. Uh-huh. Everything I'm seeing in that room says she's changed her mind. And she did. She got an epidural, relaxed. The baby was delivered three, four hours later, and they were very happy. You delivered our, our son, my first my firstborn, not successfully. Uh, you failed. We were supposed to do a traditional uh, birth, and that didn't happen after like 12 hours of labor. Now, is it true it's because of my genetics and my enormous head? It is. I tell people that I have a huge head, and they're like, oh, but it doesn't look that big. And I'm like, whatever. That's nice. But I wear a size 8 fitted hat, which is like the most ridiculous largest hat you can wear. So, yes, my, my kid had a huge head, and my wife's a small woman. She came in hot, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was in active labor, doing it naturally, no epidural. Right. And I'm thinking, this is going to be like a couple, couple more hours. And then I think an hour later, she was complete. She was 10 centimeters, didn't have an epidural, pushed like a champ. And the, the head did not budge. No, that, that's when you started move. having a parade of people come in and take a gander. <laughs> a second opinion. Uh-huh. What percentage of women uh, uh, poop during labor? It's a lot. I mean, if you're pushing well, uh-huh. a lot of times poop's going to come out. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't want me to talk about this, but these are things that some men like, oh, if I ever saw that, I'd never be able to look at my wife. Like, that doesn't affect me in the least. I, it wouldn't be a problem for me either. Okay, but the real problem with my wife w- was the concern of her uh, bleeding disorder. She, she has Von Willebrands, and and so we we're always concerned about her uh, bleeding out and dying. That was a big concern at the beginning. But then you pulled it off so successfully, made everything good, and now I have children. Ugh, and a wife. And he saved all of them. What's the appropriate amount of weight a woman should gain during a pregnancy? It depends on the starting weight. If she starts off at 200. You just want to maintain your weight. Right. You don't want her to gain a pound. You can gain a pound. Okay. But not a lot of weight. Not 40 pounds. Right. But if you're 105 to start. 25. Mm, I love hearing that. Oh, 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 25, he says. And how long do you give him to bounce back? Oh, it's hard to lose weight while you breastfeed. Oh, is it? It is. Oh. Because your body, I mean, your body doesn't want to die, so you don't want to starve. So the moment you start losing weight, the body's like, wait, why are we losing weight? How can we stop the, the weight loss? So the first thing you do is cut off the milk supply. Ah, all right. Um, most people can't lose weight and produce a lot of breast milk. Biggest baby you ever delivered? Ooh, 12, 6. Right, that's pretty big. You ever deliver Siamese twins? Wait, can you say Siamese anymore or is that racist? Is Siamese racist? I don't think I'd say it. I know you can't. You have to say conjoined. But I'm. what is Siamese? I don't even, I honestly don't know what it is. Do you? No. 
You, looking it up. You're looking it up. Are you, you ever you ever deliver conjoined twins? No, most conjoined twins, I will tell you, they're very rare. But uh-huh. most are conjoined in a way that don't um, survive either. You know, past the first trimester, or it's not going to be compatible with life, and patients choose not to proceed. Oh, well, that's that's on them. That is on them. I got the Siamese twin answer for you. Okay, go ahead. Chang and Ang Bunker. They were uh, brothers that were conjoined uh, and just became known as Siamese twins because they were Siamese Americans. Oh, so it was just, it was a race of people? Yeah. Oh, who were the first in the U.S.? So it is racist. Got it. All right. Live and learn. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I'm not afraid to evolve. Does your husband love that you don't bring your work home with you? <laughs> okay. Do you like Very babies? Much. I do like babies. Mm. Yeah. Do you have children? Nope. Do you want children? Nope. Mm-hmm. It's very Republican of you. They're very you just worth care it. about when they're in the womb, but once they're out, they're on their own. <laughs> I would call it a, an environmentalist <laughs> position. Fair. What's your stance on abortion? <laughs> Pro. In a pinch, could you do an abortion? I could. You could. That's interesting. One time I I was uh, uh, eavesdropping on you. Uh, because your walls in your office are really thin. And you you were, a woman was talking about if if she should circumcise her son. And you seem to kind of just be a little bit of a yes man, if I'm being honest. Like, you you weren't pushing one way or the other. But I, I didn't circumcise my son. And I, I, I'm circumcised, but I was circumcised by a doctor who didn't do circumcisions. Well? No, didn't do, I was in Germany. I was born in Germany. Right. And my mom, who was a nurse, just kind of like talked the doctor through it. Oh, and she's like, oh, it wasn't good. Like, <laughs> like it was bad. And she goes, oh, like, oh. Are you happy with it? No, no, no. Of course okay. I would have rather have. But you don't. You, all right. Which, what is your stance? Do Should people get their babies circumcised? Yes or no? It's personal preference. Why is it a personal? It is personal preference. Why shouldn't you just not do it? Why shouldn't you just not do it? Right. Why, why cut off negative. your skin? Oh, well, so I get it. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I work at a Jewish hospital. There's mm-hmm. a, We do a lot of circumcisions. I know. I'm circumcised. I'm not Jewish. I don't find one way about it, pro or con. I... People get very heated about it. I know. If you go to the the American College of OBGYN conventions, um, the nationwide conventions, there used to be the abortion supporters. Like, I get it. They have their cause. They have to, you know, make their their point known. But in recent years, the circumcision crowds have been much bigger than the abortion <laughs> pro-life crowds, oh. which I just found fascinating. Yeah, yeah that's, I find that fascinating. I don't care to the point of protest. <laughs> Is it right? <laughs> I just more feel it's a good conversation. But <laughs> by the way, I got another bone to pick with you. Um, I, I, for both of my children, I paid this this VIP experience of five thousand extra dollars for a back line, and I'm positive. Nothing. I, I received no VIP treatment. It wasn't five thousand dollars, but what was it? Each delivery at that time, I think it was probably twenty five hundred. I swear to God, it was five. It wasn't. All right, I believe no. you. It's but. currently thirty five hundred. Would you, you ever think about going a little more uh, private? Well, so I mean, that's kind of where where medicine is going is really tricky. I mean, insurance companies have not increased our reimbursement rates for over twenty years. With inflation, the cost of rent, employees now, you know, we, we pay our employees well. They stick with us. Um, but the bottom line keeps shrinking. I mean, my I, my patients 
have have hard working jobs. Um, they earn Not me. Their, well, you're an exception. Okay. I mean, but they earn their insurance and they pay a lot for it. So we feel like we want to. I want to keep taking it. But at some point, you kind of have to like slow down the growth of your pra- practice. And so that's one of the ways I've been able to do it. With uh, it's called an OB administrative fee. If you come to my office now and it's your first pregnancy or you, you've never seen me before. I require it. If you're an existing patient and <clears throat> you want special perks, like not sitting okay. in the waiting room or, or making an appointment, you know, when the office is closed. Or that, that's what we liked. We always like the 8.30 time slot. There you go. In and out. By the way, I have uh, a cell phone number of yours. Is it your real cell phone number or no? It's probably real. Mm-hmm. For a time, I had a Google Voice number that would forward to my real number. Oh, but I don't think you know there was a so my phone number is a a Missouri number. It's an eight one six, and the hospital would frequently dial eight one eight and the rest of my number. Oh, and there was a a person who would answer the phone and would get called at three in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be pissed too, right? The hospital is like, "What should we do with this? Or what should we do that?" And he started answering. I like this guy. No. Ethically, no. it's wrong, sure, but at some point you're allowed I mean, to answer I, I as a, a doctor if, if enough people <laughs> think you're a doctor. I couldn't. I was like, wait, he starts giving advice over uh, over the phone. He also, a, a patient of mine had texted the number, and the person replied, um, well, that that's probably safe, but it, but it could kill your baby. Mm-hmm. And well, they, that, that was a dumb text. And he didn't know like what to do and didn't know how to bring it up with me. He thought I had texted it. Mm-hmm. So at one kind of awkward appointment, he's he's asking me like what I meant by this text message. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I never texted that. And he was typing in the the eight. That's why number. you tell him to go through the porthole. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's insanity. <laughs> Top five grossest celebrity vaginas. Go. <laughs> <laughs> You see a lot of celebrities? I, a fair number. I'll be honest. I know I, you don't know that who they are. I kind of don't want to know a lot of the times um, because I think you just, you might act differently or something. But I've, I've caught myself in very awkward situations where you go through the whole consult in person uh-huh. in, in my office. We go down to be doing the exam. And when you're putting in a speculum, you want to ask questions or make it somewhat conversational. Just, what do you do? Oh, I'm a writer. Oh, what do you write? Like, what kind of stuff? It was like, oh, I created a TV show. Uh-huh. And then they say the TV show, and then I feel like an idiot. Uh, do you ever use slang terms for vagina? Or do you only say vagina? For a vajay. Oh, you say vajay? That's it? What coolie cod? Do you ever use coolie cod? Nope, that's a new one. Mm. You you also are uh, the, uh, the GYN for Pete in here's wife, Sam. Yep. So, so you've seen Sam's vagina and my wife's vagina. Whose is better? <laughs> whose uh, vagina no, whose I, vagina is better I my told, wife's or pete's i told you i don't remember hmm you told pete as uh, his wife is childless um she's 35 you told her that she has plenty of time now how old are you comfortable with women having babies uh currently i mean i've delivered women in their 50s um biblically what in the fuck you know, I think that a lot of the times people don't really fully get uh, some of the complications that can happen because you're 52 mm-hmm. and this is the first time you're becoming pregnant. That said, you know, we know how to take care of women who are high risk. We're not afraid of it. And, you know, when people want a family, 
um, they'll do anything to get it. And my job is to make sure that it's safe and, and everyone's healthy. At 52, huh? That seems old. All right. Knowing how much it takes to upkeep and maintain the vagina, how thankful are you that you're a man? <laughs> I always tell people it's a self-cleaning oven. Leave it alone. Huh? Leave the vagina alone? Yes. Why th- then do some vaginas uh, just smell to high heavens? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what we do to change nature. And when we get rid of nature, then more opportunistic bacteria can overgrow. And then, so sometimes you'll get a, a smell that's slightly off. I'll be honest. The worst thing about being a gynecologist is feet. Is feet? Feet. Feet are right in your face. Uh-huh. You're like up in stirrups. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you just like feet. So someone comes in in the summer, they're wearing Tory Burch shoes, but they don't wear socks. Right. And their feet stink. And they're like right in front of your face. I also told you once, while you were examining my wife, I was like, I had my fingers inside of a woman and I could feel something pokey. And I th- asked you if it was the IUD that had slipped down and I was actually touching it because I felt like a sharp needle. Is that true? Is, is that what I was feeling? What was I touching? It's, a, it's the strings of the IUD. This was sharp and <clears throat> like, hard. It would be like the end of like a fishing line. Uh-huh. Like pokey. Okay. That it's is what exactly what it's like. Like That's a thick fishing line. Wouldn't, couldn't that pop a condom? <clears throat> no. Huh. <laughs> I don't like anything sharp and pokey pointing at me. I trim the strings inside the cervix, so you shouldn't be able to feel them if I put it in. I'm not. I'm not. My days of IUDs are over. You're supposed. Oh, you're, you need to give me uh, the names of uh, for the surgery. The little snip. I need to do oh, the that. vasectomy. Yeah, I have to do that. Okay. Immediately. Should have already done it. You know, you, we wanted to make sure the baby was like healthy and i don't know it if they make it eight months i feel like all right this kid should live forever <laughs> that's, that's my thinking it's a good good lofty goal uh-huh well this is my goal keep them alive i've got a squirting answer what is, what's your squirting answer it says a squirting is the expulsion of urine during an <laughs> orgasm female ejaculation is release of both urine and a substance from the skeins glands uh-huh i like uh-huh okay all right so, so, glands so they are peeing all over your place. Though. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I've learned. According to WebMD. After you delivered my son, I gave you a gift to uh, the Tomoko Japanese Spa. You did. Okay. I, you said thank you, I think, when I gave it to you. Fine. But you never talked about it ever after that. Now, did you actually go? It was It was great. Did You went? Yes. Did you do the thing where it was for the two the, people with the sushi? With the sushi. You did it? Package, yes. I felt like you didn't do it. It was for my um, husband's birthday. We did it like after the pandemic Ooh, had. So you. We didn't do it before. Used my gift as your b- birthday? It, used, it acted like it was yours? I did. <laughs> no, he knew it. He knew it. He knew it was it was a gift. Okay. But that brings me to, uh, the. I give everybody that's a, sh- uh, a guest on my show a gift, but I don't buy them anything. I just take something from my house that I don't want in my house anymore and I just give it to them. It's uh, very nice. Well, it's, it can be nice, but do you remember what I asked for you to do uh, on our second child? No. When, when you were going to have the surgery, I said, what, what did you need to fix? Oh, the, the smirk. Smirk, yeah. So, because, because, so we had that emergency C-section the first smirk. time, and I felt like that it was like a little bit of a smirk. Like, 
the scar was a little bit of, of a smirk. And again, she doesn't heal well because of the bleeding disorder, so it's going to be there forever. So, And there's no hair because of laser hair removal. Too much information. But anyway, so I'm just staring at the smirk. I was like, hey, could you fix that? I'm not I'm not positive you fixed it. Now it's more of like a, like a weird, crazy joker smile. So the bandages are over her scar. Her mother came out, was, was with us. And when you removed the, um, Bandage. the bandages uh, from her scar, my wife's mother said, oh, wow. Stephanie's scar is a lot smaller. That's that's her uh, her son's wife. <laughs> that was the first thing that was said. That was the first thing that my wife heard uh-huh. as bandages were being uh-huh. removed. Uh-huh. So I, for for my wife's first Mother's Day, got her coffee mug. She loves coffee. Uh, nice uh, Heath Ceramics coffee mugs mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. it put in on it. Oh, wow, Stephanie's scar is a lot smaller. And then mothers supporting mothers written underneath it and that was her mother's day gift uh, she thought it was funny it's very appropriate it was it was silly it was a ha 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 then my mother-in-law visits and she gets rid of defaces the mugs the mug. yeah so i get upset but she didn't know but i had already taken a photo of it so the next time she visited in our guest house i had <laughs> i had this made i had this made and you blew that up. Right. And, and this hung above our guest room. So every time she had to sleep, this was in her room. And this has been there for four years. And I'm passing this on to you. So this is now yours. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you have space for it, but I've got the perfect place for it. Uh-huh. What's it like just always being on call? How I, I, I've never been actually diagnosed with IBS, but I've shit myself way more than I ever want to admit. So I need a schedule. I need to know what my day is going to be like. Mm-hmm. The stress that you must go through of knowing like, oh, I, I have to wake up and go to the hospital right now. That's absurd. It's a lot. I mean, I think it's one of the main reasons people stop doing OB at a certain point in their career. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the way I do it isn't how 90% of physicians across the country do it, or even the world. What, you just don't answer? You keep your phone on silent? <laughs> no. <Just> sleep? <laughs> and well, um, no, I mean, most places, there's like one, one doctor who's on call for the whole group. Uh-huh. And that person does all the deliveries overnight or for a 24-hour period so that everyone else can sleep and be in the office the next day and, and not look awful. But you are waking up occasionally in yeah. the middle of the night? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah. And and you know and that how annoying uh, for your husband. Like like he didn't sign up for that. He's gotten used to it. He did he did not like it in the beginning. Right. But, but it's kind of good. I mean when he's there it's helpful. He travels a lot. Uh-huh. But when he's there it's helpful because I I from like 10:30 p.m. to 1:30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I could a tornado could be going by okay. and I'm very difficult to wake up. What time do you go to bed normally? Uh, 9:30. Uh-huh. I'm right there with you. What time do you wake up? I mean, sometimes I'll wake up at 4 a.m. and be going the whole day. Do you have any hobbies? Do you exercise? Um, I work out with a trainer two days, two to three days a week. Uh Saturday, Sunday for sure, potentially Monday. You know, if there's, there's, babies are born at like, if they're born between like 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., 2 to 2.30 to 4, it's the, we call it the witching hour. Uh Because then it's like 4.30, approaching 5 and it's like, well, now what do I do? I don't have to be in the office until 9, or I don't have to be into the operating room until 7.15. And so a lot of times you just push through, you start your workout, 
Because if you go to bed at five and you wake up at six thirty, you you're on Mars. No, you're wrong. It's awful. I take I take sleep anywhere I can get it. Oh no, just go back to bed. Any sleep is better than no sleep. Depends on where you are in the rim. And oh, then, okay. I, if well. I wake up on Mars, I, I'd much rather just push through the whole morning. I'll ask you this because I uh, was having a conversation uh, with a man who who happened to be um, a gay man, and I brought up he's married. I brought up uh, monogamy. And he laughed in my face saying, that's not a thing in gay relationships. And I said, that's insane. I go, I know tons of, I said, I go, I know tons of gay men that are in monogamous marriages. And he says, no, you don't. And and the reality was he was right. I, I don't. I just assume that I do. Yeah. Are you in a monogamous relationship? I am. Have you always been? Yes. See? You know, I just don't want any, I don't want any STDs. I, but it is a rarity. Not to overgeneralize in a little bit. To be monogamous in a in a male relationship. You I think, think it's that rare? You think you're that unique? I think it's common. I just think that guy a, hangs out with tons of wild sex freaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I don't want the stress of another relationship. That's my fear. I agree. The one or two upsides of a relationship is like, ugh, okay, I don't have to stress about you know somebody else well and i'm i i'm too busy to have another relationship <laughs> you like to travel love to travel where's your favorite places to go the maldives oh, oh god it takes so long it's to get favorite. there favorite i've never been but that's too long that's uh, a whole day of traveling well no i mean you go to you hop to like tokyo you stay one or two nights in okay. tokyo then you hop to singapore and singapore maldives you fly first class or the whole way on points oh okay you don't have to, i don't care how you get there <laughs> You don't have to act like you're an everyday man. You're not. Well, so we also, I book all my travel 330 days in advance. That's so funny because you know exactly when you're going to be free because you have to tell these women nine months in advance, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Isn't it weird that you affect people's sex life? Like people have sex around your schedule. <laughs> it's a little weird. People, I think people do. No, no, Actually, we definitely do. There's like, there's like no scenario where we're ever going to have a baby in March. <laughs> Is that when you leave? It's a popular time to leave. Yep. Yeah. Where does a woman's pee come out? Right under the clitoris mm. and right above the vaginal opening. It's always confused me. It's always confused me. Well, honestly, I hope uh, I'm never in your office again. <laughs> but, I am not offended. But I, I thank you very much for uh, being on the show, Dr. Finky. Thank you for having me. Okay. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That was a great interview, don't you think, Carl? I want to thank Dr. Finke uh, for being on the show. He's an amazing person, and I hope we become best friends. And if you have a vagina and you're in the L.A. area, you should do yourself a favor and let that man see it. Carl, for the record, is a Bernadoodle. He's a rescue. I rescued him from a very expensive breeder. And, and listen, some people are embarrassed when they have, like, a doodle. I, I love my Bernadoodle. But don't worry, anytime I, I spend uh, that much money on a designer breed dog, you know what I do? I, I double the amount that I donate to Best Friends. They're a great organization that, you know, deal with actual rescue dogs. I've got some stand-up dates coming up in San Diego and Reno. Boyswearpink.com. It's a clothing line I started for toddlers because I have a little boy and I like to dress him in pink. And then have everybody go, oh, you have a beautiful girl. And I'm like, why? Because he has pink on? I just start a real hostile conversation in front of my son. My son, uh, who is now four and less cute than he was at three. But when he was three, his voice was so cute the way he would mispronounce words. And I said to myself, I'm going to really miss this when he gets older. This, this, Just this sweetness, the voice. And so every night, I would ask him to tell me a bedtime story, and I would record it. And I thought it'd be a cute thing to have this library of all these stories. So from time to time, I'm going to let you hear one of my son's bedtime stories. I hope you like it. There's a good chance you won't because it's a child making up a story, and it's not your kid, so it's not interesting to you. But it's only a minute long. All right, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Went upon a time in a song. So, 
Wait, some planet had had dinosaurs. Some planet had um, but the planet has had dinosaurs. What did mommy do? They they were the baby dinosaurs. There, somebody planet had chicken. Some planet had birds. Some planet had rabbits. Some planet had bunnies. Some planet had wait, wait. So there's one planet that just had rabbits and one planet had bunnies. What's the difference between the planet that had rabbits and the planet that had bunnies? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. Oh, I love that one. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.